Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to 5,000 to 1, the Leicester City podcast by The Athletic. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me as always, former Leicester City captain and my right-hand man, Mr Matt Elliott. How are you, Matt? Happy to be at your side, Rob, any day and uh, happy to have a chat. All things Leicester as per usual. Absolutely. And we've got some positive things to talk about this week. I know I've been a bit negative in the last couple of weeks, but going into this week, it was such an important week with two away games at Burnley and Brighton on the back of some disappointing performances and a few doom and gloom predictions in the national media that uh, the big collapse was going to be on for the second successive season and that the uh, Champions League dream would fade away again. But they've given us hope this week, Matt, haven't they, With uh, by showing some real bottle in the face of adversity with the injuries mounting still, with Cengiz under now being added to that, although Wesley Fofana's come back into the, into the fold. They went to Burnley and they went to Brighton. Both times they uh, conceded an early goal. Both times they've come back to get points, vital points. Well, we'll forgive you your premature pessimism, Rob. Um, although, to, to a degree, it's understandable because, you know, the, the anxiety was there, you know, largely because of the situation on the injury front, but also what, we, what occurred the back end of last season, isn't it? And you know, I, think, I think people are right to be mindful of that. And I think the players are right to be mindful of that, but, but channel it in a positive way. And I think they've managed to do that, Brendan Rodgers in particular, because, you know, we, we spoke, OK, the, the the two results, you know, against Prague and Arsenal, disappointing, worrying, concerning, yeah. But, you know, you, you looked at the games and they were coming thick and fast. It was uh, Wednesday, Saturday, wasn't it? You thought, oh, all of a sudden, these games that Leicester were looking forward to not so long ago, all of a sudden, it looked like a, a real big challenge, didn't it? And, you know, Burnley away, <laughs> it's never the easiest of fixtures and, you know, Brighton, everyone's talking them up, etc. But at the end of the day, um, you know, Brighton, uh, uh, without jumping the gun over Burnley, but Brighton won in 18 games. They've won at home, I think I'm right in saying. So, you know, there wasn't too much to be fearful of, although you wouldn't have guessed that in the first half, to be honest. But uh, for me, they've approached it bang on because going into it, short of a good fair few players, 
key players as, at that as well. Um, and it, it, they had to change their approach, really, and how they were going to go about it. Knuckle down, grind things out, as we said, and you know, just battle through and, and stay dogged and resolute and determined. And you maybe get something out of the game. And that proved to be the case. Four points out of six. All things considered, a reasonable return, especially when you consider they went behind in both games. That, again, shows spirit going forward into the next 10 games. And uh, I think you know, the position that they're in at the moment, there's still a lot of work to be done, <laughs> mind you. you know, teams below them are looking good, Chelsea in particular. West Ham and Everton won't go away, will they? And Tottenham are even a lurking. And uh, I don't know, Liverpool might be a step too far for them, but they you know, they can't be written off just yet. But um, there's still a lot of work to be done, but they've got themselves in a healthy position now and players coming back into the fray as well. Absolutely, because there were teams that were closing the gap and putting the pressure on Leicester. Um, so they needed to respond. And, and Brendan desperately needed some players who have been fringe players, who have been on the outside, to step up to the plate. And Kelechi and Nacho is the one that stood out as having done that in the in the last couple of games. Certainly, um, that, that goal at Brighton, a fantastic goal, uh, superb pass from Yuri Tielemans, the little magician in midfield, uh, with the giving the defence the old eyes and then rolling it into uh, Kelechi's pass, but the composure for the finish. But also getting the, 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 the Burnley performance as well, um, He's really stepped up now, Kelechi, because there were a lot of people questioning whether he was going to be um, a long-term answer for eventually when Jamie Vardy um, decides to uh, hang up his boots. Here's Tielemans, lovely ball, Leonardo in, yeah! goal! Kelechi Leonardo with a beautifully taken goal. Credit to him as well, because you know, I think those questions will still be asked about taking over the mantle of Jamie Vardy down the line. Um, again, you know, who's saying there's some work for Leicester uh, to be doing, uh, some work for Kelechi Iheanacho to be doing if he wants to forge, you know, that sort of position. But um, we said it not long ago, though, Rob, didn't we? You know, people uh, were saying Kelechi, you know, he'd, he'd had a couple of sort of unfortunate situations in games. And I think it's, I've seen a, an article written by you or certainly a, a clip by yourself saying at times he looks so awkward and ungainly and other times he just he looks like a natural predator and goal scorer and you know his timing is bang on he's he's such a conundrum it must be for the manager yeah it's just it's strange because i you know sometimes you know without being um you know too critical it's it's semi-comical at times the way the ball's bumping around off him and then all of a sudden, flick of a switch, he looks smooth as silk, doesn't he? He's got a lovely touch and good awareness, playing people in. He's a goal threat. So he's a, he's an unusual player, that, that's for sure. But uh, like I say, he, he'd had a couple of indifferent games um, and times out on the pitch, you know, coming on a sub, etc. ineffective. But we said it a few weeks ago, he, they're going to have to stick with Kelechi. He's going to have a big part to play between then and the rest of the season. And so it's proved already. You know, Jamie Vardy's still not firing properly. Barnes is out. Madison's out. Who's, who's going to take responsibility? Fair play to Kelechi. When it's mattered, he's produced some top-class quality finishing and decent all-round performances as well. Absolutely. He always seems to me, 
like a confidence player. I know all players are ultimately confidence players, but him more so than most because when when he's confident, he's got a run of games and, and he's got a goal, more importantly. Then he looks like the finisher that everybody talks about as being one of the most natural in the club. When he's going on a rough spell and perhaps there's a bit of negativity around him like he had early in the season where he's missing chances, then we see that other side of him um, that, um, that is the one that leaves you concerned about whether he can uh, <laughs> cut the mustard. But you're right, Jamie uh, is obviously still trying to get back to full speed. As he did, he had a similar run last season. Yeah, um, he's not Superman, as I said in my piece. You know, he, he he's the talisman, but he's not Superman. When he's got an impingement, which is the the, the groin issue that um, has been hampering him, and he had the surgery, but he's still not up to speed. So they needed someone to step up. So fair play to Kelechi. But what about Danny Amati getting the winner? I mean, this talk Danny Amati's story is remarkable, isn't it? Losing two years of his career to a very serious ankle injury. He's come back. He's played in all sorts of different positions. He's not had a run in the side. He's been in and out. Again, he's had to step up because fortunes are with the injuries that he has to come in and play. And he's done a very good job. I know a lot of fans might not be totally convinced about him. but And ordinarily, if James Justin was fit and that, he probably wouldn't be in the side. But he's still done a job for them. When he's coming, and obviously to get that winner at Brighton, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he's done superbly, really, hasn't he? You know, quietly under the radar. I think the first game I remember him coming back into the lineup was against Man City away, and it was he perhaps had played a little little bit before that, maybe. But he he came in and it raised a few eyebrows, and there was a change of system, and Amati was part of that, and you thought. Oh, you know, a little bit, a little bit apprehensive, really, weren't you? Thinking, oh, hang on, this Man City we're up against here. Amati hasn't had hardly any game time. You know, is he the man for the job? And he did exceptionally well. And every time he's been called upon, you, you can't fault him, really. Certainly not from, you know, a solid de- defensive point of view. Um, you know, generally, uh, he, he's he's been up to the task, hasn't he? He's he's not going to be. You know, flying forward and joining in you know, creatively and etc. You know the likes of Castagna, Ricardo, if he's playing in that fullback position, but uh, you know e- even uh, the likes of Sionchu and Fofana, you know they like to sort of foray forward on occasion, and that's not Amati's game. He's, he's just Mister Reliable, Mister Dependable. Isn't he? I think part of his problem was sort of finding a niche position for himself when when he came to the club. I mean, he's had spells in midfield, full-back and centre-half and still not quite sure exactly what is his best position. But his versatility has ended up being his strength in the end. And that's why he's got a few appearances under his belt this season. But uh, yeah, I, I think everyone who's connected with Leicester City would be delighted for him. You know, what a wonderful attitude. Um, you know, to come, I didn't realise it was that long, Rob, to be fair. Two years. Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, he yeah. had a few setbacks as well when he was trying yeah. to come back. That's not nice as well, is it? I mean, especially, you know, you're on the periphery of things and everything's changing and you're thinking, hang on a minute, you can sort of read the script and thinking, well, even when I do come back, I'm probably going to get edged out of the club. And uh, up to now, that hasn't happened. And fair play to him. You know, he's he's been a very worthy contributor of Leicester's fortunes uh, this season, hasn't he? And um, and also, just quickly going back with Ian Etcho, credit to him for that as well, because... The problem with him was he was getting he he might come like get a start score play well but the next game he's not playing so you, you'll never know whether he's going to get a run of games 
Uh, if he gets a run of games, sorry, you know, if he can produce the goods. But at the moment, he is, and, and fair play to him as well. So those two have been, you know, a real, not a bonus as such, but you know, a real boost for Leicester at a critical time, haven't they? Absolutely. And and another feature as well is the uh, emergence of some youngsters. Now, we've seen Vontae Daly-Campbell come into the first team, make his debut. This time we saw Sidney Tavares make his full Premier League debut as well. What did you make of the young Portuguese lad? I say young Portuguese lad. He's lived nearly all his life in, in England, in Leicestershire. I think he lived a, a spell in Beaumont Lees. Um, so he's as Leicester as it comes. Proper but, Leicester. Uh, <laughs> yeah, proper Leicester. So, um, and he, um, yeah, he almost marked his, his full debut with a goal as well. Yeah, he did as well. I, if I'm honest, I thought he struggled a little bit with the pace early on. Um, and I, th- I felt sorry for him a little bit because I, I, it, it didn't seem like a sort of natural position for him. It, 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 it seemed as if he wasn't sure whether to play in a flattish three in midfield or whether he was meant to be advanced, you know, sort of supporting the front two, Ian Acho and Vardy. And, you know, it's difficult to... You know, to come to terms with that, you know, it's your debut and everything's going on, the hurly-burly nature of the Premier League and Brighton were on it in the first half, weren't they? And the ball was zipping around and it all seemed a little bit too much for him um, because, he, you know, he's quite a sort of languid-styled player, isn't he? You know, he's quite yeah. quite casual, naturally. Not saying but, you know, that's just the, the impression that he gives. You know, he's quite relaxed on the ball. Um but then, I mean, fair play to him, the confidence he had to, to even t- attempt that strike. You know, that was a half folly, wasn't it? Sort of on the up. Wonderful strike. And uh, Keeper Sanchez you know, did well to save it because he was half obscured by one of his defenders. It went it went the wrong side of him. He was almost um, caught out by it, but he you know, made a great save. And what what a boost that would have been. <laughs> Talking about boosts with Ianacho and Amate. But, you know, for... Tavares himself individually, and I think from that moment on he raised his game, and I think that gave him a little bit of impetus, a little bit of confidence, and I thought he did pretty well for the remainder of the game. Um, yeah, fair, listen, the debut came earlier than Brendan Rodgers would have foreseen, but uh, fair play to him as well. Again, another player who stood up when counted. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven US based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I've done a piece this week that's going to appear on the Athletic website looking at Casper uh, Smichael's form 
And over the last two years, he has really hit top form under Brendan Rodgers. I don't know what it is about Brendan. We'll talk about Brendan shortly, but why suddenly he's improved. I mean, last season he had a settled back four in front of him for most of the campaign. This season, he's had probably a different back four or a different back five in front of him this season. But his performances have been of such a consistent level. It looks like to me he's coming into the prime of his career now. I and mean, some of the saves that he's produced lately, most notably the one to deny Chris Wood at Burnley, have been a top, top draw. Now, I asked Brendan whether he doesn't get the credit he deserves, Casper. In fact, is he underrated? And if he was at a Man United or a Man City, probably would he be getting the credit he deserves? Uh, interestingly, he agreed with me. So, um, you know, it, it, it's something that Casper's really, he's, he's really coming to the fore now and he's had to step up as the leader as well with Wes and his injury on the field. And we certainly hear that on a daily basis with no fans in the ground. We hear him yelling, keeping everybody in the toes, including the officials. Yeah, I mean, well, we've spoken about Casper on a couple of occasions, but of late in particular, <laughs> I suppose you know, the list is growing, really, in terms of players standing up when it matters, really, and he, him more than most, really, because he's been consistently good for a number of years, hasn't he? Yeah, and I think I think he is underrated, not necessarily undervalued by Leicester City supporters, but underrated in general. It, it, there is definitely an element of the, you know, little old Leicester, I think, without a doubt. You know, people, people almost condescending. Oh, yeah, Kessler, well, he's a very good goalkeeper, you know. Yeah, he, he played well for De- Denmark in, in, the, in the Euros or the World Cup, etc. They, they don't really compare him with, like, not instinctively, you know, with the, in brackets, the big six goalkeepers, do they? But he's every bit as good as any of them, I think without a doubt, and he's shown that of late. Uh, I think for me, it's, it's his approach, and I hear other players that have played with him, Dean Hammond, for instance, you know, talks glowingly about his attitude, his desire, his will to win, his will to be as best he can and also get the best out of others. Um, and you know, when that's done in the right way, it's, it's so advantageous for you know, the whole squad and the club generally, isn't it? You know, that's, demanding the best of, of other players. And then if you do that, you've got to produce yourself because otherwise you look a little bit silly. But Casper has earned the right to do that with his performances, not just of late, over the last however many years it is now. I think it's nine years or so, I think, isn't it? And uh, it, it looks looks like he's got a few more years in him as well, I would imagine. Um, it's been a, you know, a wonderful, wonderful acquisition for Leicester. Not bad for a fat lad, Rob, eh? <laughs> well, I think he's he's not going to be far off um, breaking Mark Wallington's record appearance record for a goalkeeper at Leicester City, and he'll and that will cement him in the uh, the club's folklore. But whilst he's raising the decibels on the pitch, we understand it was Brendan that was raising the decibels at half time at the Amex Stadium. Now, anybody knows Brendan; he's not a shouter and a baller. He's a very methodical, thoughtful guy, uh, and he tries to emphasise the positive to bring out the best in in players, but. At Burnley, they started slow and they lacked aggression and physicality and intensity in the first half. It was the same at Brighton. So he got amongst them a little bit at half-time. He said, we had to look at things at half-time. We were outstanding in the second half. The players were brilliant. It was a change of mindset. We needed to be more aggressive. Once we did that, we had more energy on the ball. He's showing that he's going to have to get into these players sometimes as well if they start to... Because it's very easy for them to have ready-made excuses at this stage with so many key players out. You know, it'd be easy for for them psychologically to let the season drift. But he's not going to let this happen. 
No, I'm quite right too. I think I think you're right there. You know, you, you, in terms of the players can start looking around and some of the excuses are there in front of them. They're ready-made. You know, some people would say semi-justified, but you've got to be stronger than that. You know, what a shame it would be to let everything not go to waste, but, you know, take a downward curve after all the good efforts that they've put in, not just this season, you know, last season as well. Okay. You know, it didn't end as, as it was uh, hoped for, but still achieved European football. And they had a, you know, a, a decent go at that, particularly you know, obviously in, in, in the group stages ended disappointingly, but they'd be looking to you know, develop that side of things and feature in Europe regularly. And, the threat is still there for that not to happen this year, and in particular the Champions League. But you you can't undo all that that hard work, those wonderful scintillating performances, that good football, and you know beautiful goals, etc., and patterns of play, and you know, digging in, and everything that goes you know with the performances that they've produced, particularly away from home. You don't let that go easily, and I think. You know, perhaps Brendan Rodgers, you know, as you say, he, I think more and more managers, it seems the case these days, you know, more about giving information and more constructive and it's more sort of pragmatic, shall we say, and um, rather than the up and at them, you know, get the get the troops rallied mentality. But sometimes you need need a little bit, you know, of of motivation, inspiration, shall we say, a little bit of... Not a kick up the backside, but a reminder. Come on, boys, you've got to show spirit, work hard, commitment, first and foremost, and then your football inside comes through. And, yeah, I mean, you, you, you could almost see it, couldn't you? You could almost see it um, at Burnley. Like you say, they should be ready. And I'm sure he'll say, you know, listen, they're a physical, robust side. But sometimes if you, you can put it across in quite a mild manner and just give them the facts. It doesn't rile them up, so maybe they need a stir and then. And again, against Brighton, exactly. I, I thought Brighton contributed to their own downfall, by the way, uh, which is why they've got such a shocking record at home because they're not a de- they're not a bad football inside, are they? We saw that in the first half. But rather than go for the killer second goal, they just sit off and concede the advantage to the opposition team. That's exactly what Leicester wanted. Leicester seized upon the opportunity with that change of mentality. Um, which ultimately got their reward. Brighton, Brighton do it week in, week out, don't they? They, they fail to take advantage of good situations and, and they don't seem too phased by it. I don't know. Strange mentality, really. But fair play to Leicester. Yeah, fair play to Brendan. I thought he would change to a back four because they were all over the shop in the first half. Couldn't handle Brighton's movement. But that change in attitude and mentality alone, not necessarily tactically, made the difference and... Uh, yeah, that, that's encouraging, isn't it? Because it shows that Leicester are not going to be shrinking violets on the final running. Perhaps Graham Potter should have got amongst these players and, and yeah. uh, raised the decibel level as well. I mean, I imagine it was something in your day that Martin O'Neill did on a regular basis. And I imagine there's a danger of overdoing that sort of for effect. Oh, here we go. The gaffer's shouting at us again. But what was Martin like? Yeah, no, you, you're right there. Um, lots, lots of managers, you know, shouters and ballers and used to rule by fear. Really, um, not not in Martin's case necessarily. It was, it was respect, not fear. But 
yeah, they, they would you know, really get in people's faces and it, it only has effect for, for so long, doesn't it? And Martin would do it quite regularly when we weren't expecting it, which, which has even more effect. And, you know, we thought we might have played quite well, but we might be one nil up and he, he'd be ranting and raving, say, should be three nil up, the game should be killed off. If you lose this game, you'll be in tomorrow, you know. So it, it was that sort of mentality at times. But uh, also, we... we I say we respected him. We did fear him as well, to be honest. We feared the wrath of him, which was part of the reason we were so determined and hardworking. And, you know, we just kept... Well, Walshy nicked and uh, named us, you know, the, the, the grinders, but we, we, we just gave our all in every game because Martin was the same. Um, they say that teams reflect their managers, and I think we did that a little bit because he gave every ounce of energy and enthusiasm into his management style and to a degree, you know, we like to think we did as players as well. And we, we were determined not to get a negative result because Martin wouldn't speak to us for three days, literally would not talk to us. <laughs> it sounds a bit childish and immature, but that's how it was. If we won, he would cuddle us and unfortunately John Robertson would kiss us for, for the next <laughs> three days. But um, <laughs> it, it was like that. But I, that's... It's less and less a feature of, of management or coaching these days, but there's a time and a place for it, and I think Saturday evening was that time. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. That extended Leicester City's um, fantastic away record, only one defeat on the road this season, the best record in in the division. But in contrast, the home form has been pretty poor this season. Uh, It's been very, very inconsistent and now they play... Rock bottom Sheffield United on on Sunday, which everybody's going to be expecting Leicester to easily win. It doesn't always work that way. It certainly hasn't worked that way at home. This is it's a bit of a nerves around the KP Stadium when Leicester are at home now. Yeah, I mean it's strange how it's gone. I mean a lot of, a lot of teams these days do do seem more comfortable playing. You know that's the star where they're sitting deep and you. Nice and secure, and they got the shape, and they just 
rely on creating three or four situations in a game rather than hammering you know the door down constantly throughout a game and yeah Leicester get caught out on a on a few occasions don't they um for whatever reason it is a bit perplexing really because we talk about the you know the flexibility of Leicester and how they're capable of winning in different ways you, you would have thought they'd be able to manage their way through at home more often than they do but i think i think it, it's going to be far from easy Leicester have got no easy games between now and the end of the season. You know, we'll, okay, there may be one or two players back in the reckoning, but you know they're still missing Barnes and, and well, probably Madison. Uh, you know, two hugely influential players. So it's, it's still going to be, you know, they're going to have to be a doggedness about the performance. Uh, you, you could hope that Sheffield United are maybe, maybe starting to see the the door closing on them a touch, maybe because they, you know, they're still. Putting a good shift in, more often than not, uh, occasionally their levels drop, but there will be a stage towards the end of the season where you know the, the resignation of their fate being sealed will, will affect their performances, and I think it's getting close to that point. But uh, Leicester are going to have to work hard. Going to have to work hard in every game between between that now and the end of the season. And um, yeah, well, we know Sheffield United's reputation, so uh, yeah, and far from a foregone conclusion, but. Fancy him though. Fancy him. You you know got to off the back of that Brighton victory, confidence be high, be re-energised. They've had a week off, first time in, Lord knows how long. Uh, they've had a free week, so hopefully be raring to go at the weekend. Absolutely. I suppose there's a little bit extra pressure on it as well when you consider that the following two fixtures are Man City and West Ham. Now, obviously, West Ham's the, the, the biggest one there for Leicester's uh, Champions League um, aspirations. So a little bit more pressure on them. But hopefully, Matt. When we meet again next week on 5,000 to 1, we'll be uh, discussing another morale-boosting victory. Not any midweek games coming up now for quite a while, so the lads get a bit of a chance to recharge the batteries and Johnny Evans could be back for the Sheffield United game. Ozzy Perez is expected to be back in training as well with a view to be returning in the coming weeks. So there might be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Schenger's under, though. We don't know how long he's going to be. Brendan said a couple of weeks, but he hasn't really featured that much anyway. But certainly getting some key players back will be a boost. Yeah, it all helps, doesn't it? You know, the, the, the bigger numbers, the more options, uh, the more the capabilities of the squad. And as we've seen, you know, lots of these individuals have got a part to play. Um, you know, it is a collective, despite having star names within the squad. It's very much a collective. And I think you'll see that, you know, with the most, pretty much every team, really, Man City included. Leicester, no different. It was, it was never going to be... Uh, the same starting 11 from beginning to end. And, yeah, Le- Leicester's strength in depth of squad has been tested to the full, that's for sure. But more often than not, they come up with the goods. And uh, I expect them to do so at the weekend as well. Brilliant, Matt. Thank you very much for joining us again this week. Matt, we'll speak again next week. Hopefully so, mate. Look forward to it. Cheers. Cheers and thank you all for listening. The Athletic.